listening to Hope Alive, your number one online Christian radio station. Welcome to the third and final hour of the show. It is time for a guest lounge and I'm so excited about the guest that will be joining me um, on the line. We are unpacking his book, The Poor Folks. But before that, we gave you a double play. Marvin Sapp saying you are God alone. And just now we had Elevation Worship with Do It Again. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. We do have a text coming through from um, Ivan. He actually took the courtesy to, to take a picture of of a verse right and it's proverbs um for verse 22 um to 29 it's a very long verse but i'm gonna read the part that he underlined and it says for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body above all else guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life thank you so much thank you so much ivan for sharing that with us see guys are coming through saying slew i'm listening this is how i imagine her saying it slew i'm listening <laughs> continue connecting with us it's hope alive radio station on facebook it's at hope alive underscore radio on twitter our whatsapp line is 067-1531089 tukelo Sarala, the author of the poor folks is joining us on the line good morning tukelo good morning Slu. how are you very well very well happy to have you on hope alive breakfast i'm glad to be here man i'm glad to be here i'm happy to be here Let's get right into it. The Poor Folks, very interesting cover, I will say, but what is that book about? So, um, Poor Folks is a collection of short stories. Mm-hmm. So, the general theme around the short stories, you know, it's poverty. But there's more themes in relation to what the story is about. Mm-hmm. But the one core thing that's common is that a lot of them are grounded, you know, in poverty or the byproduct of some of the struggles of the characters in the stories is a result of poverty. Mm. And and why a collection of short stories? Why not one big story? So yo, one big story, writing a novel would be <coughs> would be a mission. But I think I don't know, there's a part of me that wanted to communicate through, mm. you know, different ideas, you know. And so if I attempted to write one big story, I think it might have limited my narrative or some of the things that I wanted to explore. So through this collection of short stories, as much as they are on poverty, there are the critical and important themes that appear in some of the stories mm-hmm. and not in some of the stories. Mm-hmm. So for me, it made sense to say, if I want to take all these different ideas about the idea of poverty, maybe I should bring into play different characters going different, you know, experiencing different things in their lives, but around, you know, the same theme. Sure. It's it's very interesting um, because also you own a publishing company. Um, it's called Afrocentric Publishing, correct? Yes, Afrocentric media. Afrocentric media. And I find this very interesting that you are actually able to make the time to (laughs) put short stories together. (laughs) Because one would think that you are so busy making sure that other people's products are fine that you don't even have time to, you know, Mm. uh, put your own work. Uh, What kind of discipline did you need to have for you to be able to put the poor folks together? Yeah, I think for me, one of maybe the perils in my journey was 
um, you know, the lockdown. I think during the lockdown, you know, there wasn't there wasn't much for me to do. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't a lot of places for me to go. So I would move from editing books to say, okay, let me do something productive. Right. And so I decided to write, you know, the stories. And I think part of the reason that I wrote the stories, particularly at this given point in time, is, you know, a factor of immersing myself in all of the stories around me, you know, to see some of the things that people are going through in this day and age. You know, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I realized, particularly during the COVID-19 period, even now, is that a lot of us are hopeless. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us are going through certain things that make this life thing maybe not worth it in our own ways. Mm-hmm. And so I think my endeavor with this book is to try and restore some sort of hope right. to humanity or to society. Mm-hmm. To say, as much as you're suffering, as much as you're going through these things, you are not alone in this struggle. Mm-hmm. There are other people who are going through this. Right. You know, it's it's a matter of, it's an example of going to see, you know, a heartbreaking movie mm-hmm. when you're going through some things in your life. When you come back from the movie, you feel that, you know, your weight is less because through that story, you're able to see that, oh, actually, there are people who are going through the same thing that I'm going through. As much as it's a story, but you feel seen, you feel heard, you yes. know, to say, oh, my experience it's not my experience alone. There's a lot of people who are going through this thing. Mm. And so I think, yeah, through this book, my attempt is to say, you know, let me illuminate the human condition, the human experience and suffering to the society to say, a lot of us are going through this thing. It's nothing new, but we can overcome this through some way or the other. Tukelo, I know you are also very passionate about um, Africa, telling you know african stories speaking um to the african child how did that influence your writing Mm -hmm. i mean great question great question i think um when you look at the stories that i wrote Mm -hmm. you know i'm speaking about the african experience yes you know i've written about stories of common people Mm. you know i've written up stories about those guys you see standing at the robot there looking for employment. You know, I wrote stories about that old woman who's youth in some foreign village somewhere. You know, to say these are some of the stories that matter in our society. These are the stories of our people. And if I as a creative don't document the stories, mm. who document them? And so part of the reason that I wrote about the stories is because I was intentional about the type of market or the type of people that I was writing for. And these people are the common men, you know, who experience some of those things, you know, who know of some of the stories. And so, yeah, I'm basically trying to, you know, share the experience of the common men in our society. Mm -hmm. I I love the fact that in, in your stories, you are always looking to um, to make the reader feel heard and feel seen. I think there's nothing that is that beats relatability. You know, we all want to read something, even if it's fantasy. You still want to relate yeah. to the character and feel like, okay, Lenang, I can fly. You know, I believe mm-hmm. I can fly. You know what I mean? Um, who is your book for? Is it for the youth? Is it for... Um, 
the older youth does if there's such a thing as the older youth is it for the elderly <laughs> is it for teenagers who who did you have in mind when you were putting together the short stories that are in poor folks mm-hmm. so funny enough when i was writing this book i mean i was merely thinking of the people around me you know a couple of my friends but funny enough you know some of the feedback that i've received from people in different demographics even people in different racial groups has been amazing, you know. I've mm. working with high school learners, I work with high school learners, and some of the feedback that I received from them was amazing. Yeah. You know, the elderly people who've re- who've read the book have come to me and expressed, you know, some of their stories in relation to some of the themes that I write about. So there's just been, you know, a kaleidoscope of feedback that I've received from people of some I wasn't even aware they could relate to the book, but funny enough, they do. So, yeah, for me, when I was writing the book, I was maybe thinking about the 10 people in our book club. Mm. But funny enough, the feedback that I've received, you know, it has been amazing, you know, given that it's different demographics, Mm -hmm. you know, and different racial groups. So as for who the the book is for, I don't know. I would say whoever feels, you know, um, seeing in the book, whoever feels that, you know, this book is speaking about me. Because you never know whose experience might, you know, appeal to the book. Wow. You know, so, yeah, for me, just the book that I, that I wrote to say, you know what, let me just express and illuminate the condition as I see it. Mm-hmm. And whoever can relate to the book will do so. I'm yet to attend one of uh, the book club gatherings that you guys have because every time you have them, I cry. I'm inviting, inviting, visuals on social media. Oh, these ones. And what what always gets me is the fact that you guys meet at really nice places. Like you'll be having coffee, you'll be having brunch. I'm like, okay, if not to discuss the book, at least for the food, then invite me for yeah. the food. <laughs> No, I'll definitely keep you in mind when we, when we do something around Pretoria. Please do, please do. So, um, how do, what are you working on right now? Are you working on a production for the book, you know, to be made into a movie? Are you working on the second one? What are you working on right now concerning uh, the book? So, concerning the book, um, there's a couple of things we are doing. One of them is translation into, you know, several other languages. Wow. And These are the African languages? Yes, okay. African languages. Okay. And, yeah, there's a possibility of some, you know, play, some theater thing in mm-hmm. relation to the book and some of the themes that we are covering in the book. So... Yeah, there's a couple of things in the pipeline, some of which I cannot disclose at the moment while right. getting to travel. But yeah, those are just, you know, the few that, that I can mention at this given moment. Mm, I love that. Before I let you go, I want to find out from you, what did you learn um, about writing? when you were putting together the poor folks, because I know you have a publishing company and more often than not, you go through what other people have already written. So what was it like for you to actually, from scratch, go through that whole process? I think one of the, the main things that I've you know, had to deal with in terms of this journey of mine was in owning the story. Mm. You know, owning a story is one of the toughest things, whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction. Mm. You know, I, I used to think that owning a story is 
a problem that you face maybe when you're writing an autobiography or a memoir because it's personal. But even fiction is personal, you know, because wow. through these books, there are pieces of our souls, you know, pieces of our pains. <laughs> and so through writing, we're t- trying to express some of these ideas or some of these experiences that we ourselves have encountered. The only thing that we are doing differently is, is that we are exaggerating the reality that we went through. But in actual fact, you know, most of the fiction that's out there comes from a certain part of the artist's, you know, life at a given point, something they went through. So for me, I think the tough thing was owning the experience and also just allowing the work to go out into the market, you know, because now, you know, the work is close to my heart and soul, and now I'm thinking, you know, are people ready for the work? Mm. You know, will there be critics, you know, when I deliver this work? Sure. You know, what will people say about my work? And by virtue of being a writer or a creative, you're a critical person, you know, so you overthink every aspect Mm. of your work. Mm. And that is one of the toughest things all creatives have to overcome. Mm. But I think overall, because I had a good team of editors and proofreaders, yeah, they were there for me to say, no, we feel the work is ready, you know, and if you think the work is ready, let's release the book. And I think, yeah, through having that team of mine, um, I was able to overcome some of the psychological impediments of self-doubt and the works and finally release the book to the public. Sure. And we are grateful that you have been able to do that because just by looking at the cover of the book, it, it gives philosophical, you know, vibes. It's giving um, depth, you know, but most importantly, the, the, the title of the book alone, The Poor Folk, the poor folks. Mm-hmm. For me, it's so relatable. I don't know. I, yeah. I just genuinely think that everybody should go out there and read that book, whether young or old. Uh, it could help with, you know, improving uh, one's vocabulary as well. You know, the author just spoke about impediments earlier. You said kaleidoscope. I'm like, I. This is how you know somebody has done their research. <laughs> exactly like this. <laughs> it, it's the vocabulary that'll give it away. <laughs> <laughs> how yeah. do people connect with you together and how do they get a hold of the book? So they can get the book on afrocentricmedia.co.za. Yeah, so they can simply buy online, pay online, get the book delivered. Um, if they're looking for an ebook, they can go and get the book on Amazon. Ah. Um, they can also check the book on KCS Book Club. They can simply send a DM. And yeah, someone will attend to them and give them details about how to buy the book. And yeah, so afrocentricmedia.co.za, Amazon, KCS Book Club, or Afrocentric Media House Book Club, or Instagram. Ah, the author of The Poor Folks. Thank you so, so much for making the time to speak to us and unpack your work. I know one thing about creatives is that their work is so intimate, you know, and so sentimental to them that even if you guys have put the work out there, you still feel like, Mm. no, but it's so personal. I want to talk about it, you know. (laughs) But we do appreciate you opening up to us and helping us, you know, have a bit of an understanding of what The Poor Folks is all about. Um, I do encourage you all out there to get yourself a copy of that book thank you so much enjoy the rest of your day thank you very much Lou, and it was lovely being here ah 27 after 8 right on hope alive breakfast that brings you are listening to hope alive 
Streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kenton Park, South Africa.